2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, and also 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, very familiar passage of scripture to all of us. Hallelujah. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 18 to the King James Version. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the hearts of the people, of, in the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee. If you will, and you're able to do so this morning, underline that word imagination. Hallelujah. This morning, amen, hallelujah. Don't limit God, the eighth part of this. This morning, talking about limitations. We heard that this morning. Don't be bound by limitations in effect. And that is what I heard and received, and that's something that we've been talking right. about. Hallelujah. Limitations. Right. If you will, for just a few moments this morning, um, I have two things here, and I'm, 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 I'm going to uh, give those to you. Just common, ordinary household instruments here. Mm -hmm. Glass of water. and a spoon. It's a common, ordinary spoon. See the spoon? Yeah. Focus on that spoon. I'm not gonna make it disappear. <laughs> I'm not gonna make it turn into a 2017 Bentley, or a Rolls Royce Corniche, or any of those things. <laughs> but if you really want me to, I'll be more than happy to. How many we got in here? Right? We got 10,000 people in here today. I could turn that spoon into 10,000 Bentleys in every color that you would want. Hallelujah. But nevertheless, in the meantime, <laughs> glory be to God. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go past my mark, and I'm, I'm telling you that now. I'm going to get waved off and all of that. I'm going to wave right back. Praise God till I get finished. Hallelujah spoon. But now watch what happens here. And I'm going to paste, I'm going to uh, just pass that spoon amongst yourself. Just hold it, if you can hold it from the bottom and just look at that spoon. Just hold it so, so, so that you can see it. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe if I do that and, I, and, and I'll do it to make it a little different. Now yeah, you see. <laughs> See that? See? See the spoon? Okay, even for the camera. For those of you that are way back there, as they used to say, church I used to grow up in, for those of you way back there in the overflow, <laughs> the overflow. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Here it is again. Spoon. You see it. Something very interesting the Lord showed me and shared with me. When I, when I place this spoon at a glass of water that was only two-thirds full, it appears that the spoon is enlarged, that it's, and it's bent or it's broken. And you recognize that. Yeah. All right. Well, this is called refraction. Refraction. We know that the spoon is, is neither bent nor broken, but it simply looks that way because of the light, the light, the light. So as the light passes through the water, a distortion is created. I don't have to tell you this, that this world that in which we live right now, we're now living in a created refraction. Why do I say that? I mean, so many, even the people of God, have distorted views about life. And, 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 and people are looking at life and people are living life today in a way that, that this secular world appears that it's running rampant and, and just so many things are going on. So this secular world has actually created a refracted view of reality. But God does not want us, as people of God, to have a refracted view of reality. If you will, you can call this distorted faith. And we have read that scripture, the text, we walk by faith and not by sight. Doesn't matter, when you're walking by faith and not by sight, it does not matter what this refraction, what this distorted image is posing to you. Because you know that this spoon, it's not a teaspoon, it's not a, a, an iced teaspoon, it's a soup spoon. And for those of you that perhaps know, you don't use an iced teaspoon to eat cereal with. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't use a cereal spoon, if you will, to stir iced tea with. Specific things for specific purposes talking to you about distorted view, distorted views. They can even affect our faith. So we as people of God, we, 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 we use our imaginations every day. Everybody would agree with that, would you not? In fact, I don't think many of us even realize uh, uh, how much we use our imaginations. 
Some people even, even think and they believe that, uh, if you will, that imagination is just for kids. And, 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 but, but we use ours every moment of every day of our lives, imaginations. Well, you who go out to work every day, you wouldn't drive to work if you couldn't see how to get there in your mind, could you? We also use our imagination when we mentally walk the aisles, when we are making our grocery shopping list to go to one of the well-known grocery stores or home improvement stores or clothing stores or any of those things. We always make a mental list, and I know that I do that. I make a list and I, and, I, and I literally, virtually in my mind, walk through every aisle and, and just as during the prayer, Lord, go up and down every aisle and go in and out of every row. And I do that mentally when I'm making my, my mental grocery list, shopping list and all of that. I virtually go up and down and I, and, and, and I just, look, I use my imagination to create a list of things that I know that I would desire and things that I'm going to need so that I can accomplish a particular task in life. But so many uh, Adults, they wrongly believe that using their imagination is the same as fantasizing, but it isn't. You know, because people that really have vivid imaginations, people that have imaginations that are out there, the secular world says, Lord, that's a space cadet. Remember that? That was a common term. Or that elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. Or all the lights are on and nobody. There's so many different myriad, and you can just pick a phrase. And it would seem to denigrate the vivid imagination of people who, who, who were not ashamed and afraid to step out and think beyond the normal. Imagination is defined as the act or power of forming a mental picture, a mental picture or an image of something that's not present to the senses. That's one thing that the Lord has been impressing upon me here over the last so many weeks, months, days, and all of that. Been impressing upon me about imaginations. So as I gave you the definition of imagination, so then we could say that imagination is the ability to see something with our minds that we can't see with our physical eyes. So imagination is, is essential for us. Why do I say that? Because we can't function without our imaginations. Someone asked you how could they get to your house from the main highway? You wouldn't physically have to go and drive out there to give them those directions. You would just need to picture the roads and you would guide that person by what you saw in your mind or in your imagination. Stay on the road you're on, go to the main highway, go down two blocks, look to the left, you'll see the dollar store. Go past the dollar store, turn right, all of those directions that you would have. You use your mind, you use your imagination. And most of the time when we're giving people directions like that, we give them landmarks along the way. And we also give them the names of streets. Well, you come down and you, you come down past this store, that store, and you'll see 
Signal Hill Drive on one side, you'll see Lakeshore, or Lakeside on the other side. Don't turn right on the Lakeside, turn left on the Signal Hill. You were able to give them those physical landmarks and even names of streets because you were able to do that because you internalized that thing, those directions in your imagination and in your mind by looking at it through your imagination. I'm sounding, and when I was talking to Pastor Dora and just kind of, you know, running by what the Lord had shared with me, and I said, this sounds a little clinical, doesn't it? She says, yeah, I think you're being a little clinical, but it's all going to work out, praise God, in the end, when I say Amen. So all of that being said, when it comes to God's directions for our lives, we have to use our imagination to see things come to pass. The desires of the consistently righteous bring only good. Think about this. Our lives are the way they are today, right now, because of the way we have seen them or pictured them in our imagination. When we were kids, one of the great things that we used to do in the neighborhood in the summertime was we would always, you know, when we were out, if we were at a neighbor's house and we were sitting on the steps and the, and the, and the street was very busy and everybody had a nice car and somebody would drive by and we, everybody would jump up and say, oh, I'm going to get me one of those cars when I get to be, you know, whatever age, 21 or whatever it is. We allowed our imaginations, or, oh, I'm going to get me one of those, or I'm going to get me that. And, and we just allowed our imaginations. Dreamed about playing in the NFL. Dreamed about being uh, an NBA All-Star. Dreamed about, you know, doing this and doing that and doing all of the things that we wanted to do. We picture things in our imagination. Think about one day. Growing up and... And, 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 and having a good education and having a good job and, 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 and finding that, that, that perfect mate and being married and growing up and raising a family together and having children and living your lives in, in together in harmony with one another. All of those things, all of us, we have had imaginations of things that we have dreamed of in our minds. And I think that our lives really are today because of the way we've seen them or pictured them in our imaginations. We would say sometimes, just think about this, when you were at home, I tell you what, when I get out of this house and when I start cooking food for myself, I'm never gonna eat another, another lima bean, another green bean, another piece of broccoli, another chickpea. You know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna eat oatmeal anymore. I'm not gonna do, you know, all of those kinds. I'm not gonna do, you know, we, we just allow, I'm only gonna eat cake and ice cream and, you know, candy and, you know, and all of those kinds of, you know, that's what we were, our imaginations. Our imaginations were, were, were good for us because they spurred us on and they, they caused us to want to have something to strive for and something to attain to. So here's a key point for us then. So the way that we think determines the direction that our lives will go. Yeah. The way we think determines the direction that our lives will go. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 in the Message Bible, if you will. Philippians chapter 4. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure or true, 
whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what are we supposed to do? Think on these things. That means, hallelujah, use your imagination. Here it is in the message. Summing it all up, people of God, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, put into practice what you've learned from me. Paul's saying, use your imagination. Think on good things. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Hallelujah. For as we love this scripture, we know it. For as, and I'm talking to people that don't even go to church sometimes when I'm talking to them, say, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yes. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We are well aware of that fact, so we have to guard what we think. But we also have to use our imaginations because our imaginations ultimately will become a reality if we follow God's plan and purpose for our lives. I was talking to somebody a little earlier, and, 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 and we were just talking about education and, 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 and children and teaching children. I guess you would call that, if you will, early childhood development, if you would, yeah? early childhood development and I think even as mature as all of us are at this particular point in time spiritually uh, physically you know emotionally and all of that but I believe that even although we are all of those things that we're still in our early childhood development stage because there's in all that we know there's yet much more that we should know this is something that applies when, when children, for those of you that work in, you know, the early, early childhood development uh, 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 field, we think in pictures. And our imagination helps us to, to understand abstract concepts. Now, how, what do I mean by that? That means by, by, by drawing a word picture of a particular object or thing, I can help you to visualize that thing. When you hear the word apple, you don't envision the letters A-P-P-L-E, do you? Survey says no. Instead, you see a mental picture of an apple, do you not? But now here's the difference. Now, some people might see a green apple and others may see a red apple. But the word apple still brings to mind the image of an apple for everybody under the sound of my voice. But here's an amazing thing, but I can change that. You can change your mental picture of an apple by using specific words. So if I said a big, juicy, crispy red apple, everybody would go yum. That means your mental image of the apple would change to envision or to see something. Your imagination changes and it helps you 
to see all those adjectives that I just said, a big, juicy red apple, all of those adjectives describe a particular thing. It's about imagination, it's about mindset. Words paint pictures. Things become more real when you see a picture of it. How many times have you said to someone, you know, whether it's casually, whether it's on your job or whatever, you know, just show me a picture of it. Paint me a picture of it and I'll understand it more clearly. There are a whole lot of folk that don't like following directions when it's time to put things together. I dare say, I got a little bit of that in me. All right, that's what I want. I'm gonna go pull it off the shelf and buy it, get it home, open the box, throw the directions away, look at the picture of what's on the box and say, I got it and put that thing together. Words paint pictures. In other words, words, uh, pictures, they engage your imagination. When I was talking about a Bentley, 10,000 Bentleys, any color, every color that you would want, everybody got excited because they ultimately could see themselves at the local Bentley dealership, lining up in line, waiting in the parking lot until it opens tomorrow morning so they can get their Bentley. Pastor said he was going to turn this spoon into 10,000 Bentleys, and I'm here to get mine, and I want mine right now. Make sure it's filled up with gas, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the key point here is imagination is so important for us as people of God. So we have got to get our imagination involved to take the limits off of God. Yeah. <laughs> you have to see it, things through your eyes of faith. You can't see anything happen, people of God, without your imagination. <laughs> I see it, but I don't believe it. And I'm just talking about the particular clock and the time that I have left. You have to use your imagination to start thinking bigger and seeing bigger, people of God. That's what we heard from Elder this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's about that imagination. Use your imagination. Start thinking bigger and seeing bigger. If you can't see something on the inside, you won't be able to see it manifested in your life, people of God. If you can't see yourself healed or imagine yourself healthy, then you won't see healing manifest in your body. Very simple concept. So take the limits off of God by using your imagination in a positive way to accomplish his purpose for your life. Turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 18. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 18, King James Version. Hallelujah. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee. Now again, imagination is the act of the power of forming a mental picture of something not present to the senses, okay? All right. Sometimes when people have vivid imaginations, we say, whoa, they're, they're special, and not in a good way. Not meaning they're special and, 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 and anointed. You know, to see the invisible, well, we say, oh, they're, they're special, meaning there's something wrong up here. You know, there, there's a few little screws going on up here. Let me read this. First Chronicles chapter 29 to you in the, in the 
uh, New Century version, and I don't, I don't believe we have that. I didn't give that to you, but you, you, you'll still, if you can maintain the, uh, uh, if you like, you can keep that uh, King James version there before us. So let me set this up for you now. Now, King David was nearing the end of his, his, his reign as king uh, of Israel. King David, we, we, we know his life, we know his history, we know his mindset. You know, we know that he loved God, and the Bible tells us that, that, that King David was a man after God's own heart. God said that. During the latter years of, of, of King David's life, and, and it was his, his, his mindset, it was his calling, he found that it was his duty uh, for them now to build a permanent house of God, a house for God, yeah. in which God could dwell. King David said to all the Israelites who were gathered, God chose my son Solomon, who was young, and hasn't yet learned what he needs to know. But the work is important. This palace is not for people. It is for the Lord God. Now, here's something very interesting here that, that, that it's, it, 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 it's, it's mind-blowing. And so they were getting together, and, 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 and David was talking to all of the people, and if you will, they were having a church business meeting, if you will. And David stood up, and he said, well, in effect, that my reign is coming to an end. My son Solomon is going to be stepping in and picking up the mantle for me. And he will continue on the throne and, and preserve the throne, and he will be the king of, 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 of Israel. And David said, I have done my best to prepare for building the temple of God. I have given gold for the things made of gold and silver for the things made of silver. I have given bronze for the things made of bronze and iron for the things made of iron. I have given wood for the things made of wood and onyx for the settings. I have given turquoise gems of many different colors, valuable stones and white marble. I have given much of all these things. Verse 3 here in, in the New King James Version. He said, I have already given this for the temple. But now I am also giving my own treasures of gold and silver because I really want the temple of God to be built. Now, David goes through a laundry list. You don't have that there, if, if you will. If you're looking at it in the uh, uh, King James, you'll be able to follow along with me. In verse 4, he says, I have given about 200,000 pounds of pure gold from Ophir and about 520,000 pounds of pure silver. He said, I've given that so that the walls of the temple would be covered with that. And he says, and for all the gold and silver work, skilled men may use the gold and silver to make things for the temple. Now, he looked at all of the people that were in the church building, uh, in, in, in the church business meeting. And he said, who is ready to give himself to the service of the Lord today? Good question. Who's on the Lord's side today? Who's ready and willing to give themselves to the service of the Lord today? Different message, different time. So the Bible says that the family leaders and the leaders of the tribes of Israel and all the commanders of a thousand men and of a hundred men and the leaders responsible for the king's work, they gave their valuable things. This is what they did. 
they donated about 380,000 pounds of gold, about 750,000 pounds of silver, about 1,350,000 pounds of bronze, and about 7,500,000 pounds of iron that would be used in the building of the temple. And it says that people who had the valuable gems gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord. And Jehiel from the Gershon family took all of those valuable gems. And the Bible says the leaders gave willingly and completely to the Lord. And the people rejoiced to see their leaders give so gladly. And the Bible says that King David was also very happy. He was happy because the thing that he envisioned in his mind, the thing that he envisioned in his imagination came to pass. In all of that giving between what David gave and the people of Israel gave to the building of the temple of the Lord equaled more than over a billion dollars back then. Use your imagination just to think what a billion dollars back then was worth, back in those days was worth, as opposed to what a billion dollars equals today. Some people would say, well, it's probably worth about a dollar fifty cent today, but not so. Billions of dollars put you in a very, very elite stratosphere. Hallelujah. He said, keep this forever in the imagination and the thoughts of the people. I just wanted you to envision and use your imagination to believe God for extraordinary things. Because if we use our imaginations to believe God for extraordinary things, we'll take the limits off of God. Yes. All of us are praying and believing God for big things to happen, are we not? Yes. Perhaps it's healing, perhaps it's restoration. Perhaps it's prosperity in your finances, no matter what it may be, church growth. But don't get frustrated, people of God, if you can't see those things. Just continue to meditate on the word of God and allow it to paint a picture on the inside of you in your heart. And if you allow that to happen, then what you're believing God for, what you are imagining in your mind, it will come to pass. Again, in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yes. Question. All right. Are you picturing what God's word says about you? Right. Huh. Important thing. Right. Do you see yourself healed? Yes, Thank you, Thank you, uh, use your imagination to see yourself healed. You, Do you see yourself prosperous? Yes. Use your imagination to see yourself prosperous. Do you, do you see yourself doing the miracles that Jesus did? Well, use your imagination to see yourself doing the miracles that Jesus did. Another question, do you see yourself as God sees you? Use your imagination, people of God, to see yourself as God sees you. Take the limits off and use your imagination to see God's will for your life come to pass, people of God. Hallelujah. In Numbers chapter 21... The Israelites were, were uh, on their way into the promised land. And the Israelites were attacked in the wilderness by their mortal enemies who were the Canaanites. Uh-huh, yeah. 
and they murmured and they complained as was their custom. Just like ordinary common people today. Murmuring and complaining and moaning about everything. Even when everything is going right. Just have to have something to say. Some people aren't happy unless something's going wrong in their lives. Don't be one of those people, people of God. The Israelites, they talked discontentedly of what God had done for them and distrustfully about what he was going to do for them. Yes. Mm. So what did God do? God sent fiery serpents among them, which bit them and stung many of them to death. And so Moses was told by God to make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole yes. so that everybody who looked up at that bronze serpent, that brazen serpent, yes. would be healed. So the children of Israel, they, they were hungry and they didn't have any food, didn't have any permanent home, no permanent shelter. Still murmured, still complained. Talking about God, talking back at God discontentedly, and distrustfully talking about, well, what's he going to do now? But even in all of that, but God blessed them. Yes. Now watch what happens when we get to verse 16 and 17. So the Israelites were camped at the well Beer, B-E-E-R. And the people were apparently again without water. They had no water to drink. But the Lord stepped in the midst of that situation for them as he always does. Even when it seems like we're backed up in a corner, we don't know what to do. Uh-oh, tomorrow's Monday morning. Oh, my God. Consider yourself to be one of those that are now at the well Beer. So the Lord stepped into that situation as he always does, and he told them that they could dig a well, and if they dug this well, they would hit water. Right. Here it is, verse 17, Numbers chapter 21. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. So because this well was there, and because they knew they were thirsty and they had no water to drink, they knew that the God was going to do what he said he was going to do for them in his word in spite of their mindsets, in spite of their imaginations. God always does what he says he's going to do. Amen. So they composed the song of joy. All right. And the song was called the song of the well. And they began to sing this song, spring up, oh well, sing ye unto it. Spring up means to mount up, it means to come up, it means to grow up, it means to be lifted up, it means to rise up, shoot up, and most of all, it means restore. When it looks like it's not working for you, just sing the song of the well. Spring up, ministry, spring up. Church members, mount up, come up, grow up, be lifted up, rise up, shoot up, and restore. When your energy level is low, and it seems like you're just not going to make it anymore, sing the song of the well. It sings, spring up and allow your imagination. Very prophetic and on time, we heard about a problem with a water well on this morning, did we not? 
brother allowed his imagination to do something that even the experts didn't think about doing. And you know what? When he was telling that story, and I said that, you know what? It's got to be an electrical problem. It's got to be that breaker. If it's not that breaker, it's got to be a, a, a nick in the wire that goes down and feeds that well pump somewhere. There's got to be a short somewhere, somehow. And lo and behold, yeah. hallelujah, he used his imagination yes. to cause that well to come back to life. Even when those around him would say, look, we just need a new well. They ain't going to work. Been going through this too long. Let's get it. Imagination is a wonderful thing. So the children of Israel sang, and when they sang that song of the well, what do you think happened, people of God? Well, water gushed forth for them. But isn't that always the way it is for people of God? When we come to dry times and difficult situations in our lives, here's a lesson for all of us. We can either choose to murmur or we can choose to make music. We can choose to sing Zion songs even if you are in a dry and thirsty land. Hallelujah. So why were the Israelites victorious? Number one, they were people of battle. They were well-schooled in military tactics and how to win a battle. The Israelites were victorious because they used the sword, that piece of iron that was shaped as a, as a war instrument. But you too can be victorious if you will use your imaginations. You too can use the sword, hallelujah, when you need to have something done in your life. Well, what sword am I talking about? I'm talking about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You use God's word and just shout out, spring up, restore, be lifted up, come up, grow up, shoot up. So the song was sung, and God heard the words of the Israelites, and God blessed them. And because God blessed them and God manifested himself to them, the Israelites no longer backed down. They were willing now to obey God's word in everything that God told them to do. When God performs a miracle in your life, you see the supernatural manifestation of his hand moving in your life, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no secret to what God can do for you and you know that God loves you and he hears your prayer. Hallelujah. But while you were singing that song, spring up, yes. rise up, go up, be lifted up and restore, the enemy is out there lurking. He's out there lurking because he wants to hijack God's song that he put in your heart. That's why he would send discouragement to you. If you were a little down in your spirits on this morning, just begin to shout, spring up. And when you shout, spring up, oh well, you'll hear the Spirit of God saying to you something else we heard this morning. Fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Hallelujah. Fear not. This is the end of the message.
but use your imagination when it comes to the things of God. We know the scripture out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh when else. But one of the other translations, it says, God will do exceeding above the prayers that you could pray, the declarations you could make, the confessions you could make. He could do far more above all that you can even think about in your mind. And even in your imagination. That's the kind of God we serve. So don't fear people of God. Use your imagination. Trust God. Don't be like the children of Israel. Hallelujah. And you know what, people of God? It starts now. It starts right now. What starts now? Fearing not starts now. Believing God starts now. Trusting God starts now. Singing that song with a well. In every situation and circumstance in your life, when you hear that negative report, shout spring up and continue to walk by faith, not by sight. Take God at his word. And take his word over everybody else's word. I heard you ministering when you were ministering to somebody this morning and you were saying about that. Don't listen to what some people are going to tell you. Don't listen to all that. In other words, that you were saying, right? Don't listen to what everybody else is saying. Take God's word more than anybody else's word. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 